Hello and welcome to this episode of The Latest where myself, Holly and Josh are out in Millennium Square interviewing um, people from the climate protest here in Leeds. This is one of 10 protests going on across the UK today. There's protests again in Glasgow, Manchester and Bristol. Currently we are walking through um, the streets of Leeds and now we're heading into the town centre. There's lots of people here. I'd say how many people would you say are here today? Probably like a thousand, a few hundred. I think over, I think over a thousand, you know. I think there's a lot of people that have come out here to support the cause today. So yeah, currently we're just walking through town square and we're going to keep on walking through Leeds. So um, why are you here today? I'm here because, well, climate change is a real threat. And, you know, I think it's partly terrifying that leaders aren't taking it seriously. And I think, particularly at Glasgow, I think if you see the news, it's not very hopeful with some of the leaders' reactions, like Biden falling asleep, Johnson not putting on his mask, and then not even making it disable-friendly for the Israeli ambassador, who couldn't even turn up because of it. So I think it's a bit of a shambles at the moment, but I'm just hoping that the people here seem really motivated, so hopefully it works from bottom up. What are you aiming to achieve by being here today? Um, I'm here today to demonstrate that COP26 needs to make changes to policies across the globe, uh, particularly um, be inspired by the young people, particularly Greta. Do you think Leeds City Council is doing enough for climate change at the moment? I think Leeds City Council needs to rethink what they're doing in terms of the expansion of uh, Leeds Airport. That should be cancelled straight away and they should be doing a lot more uh, to decarbonise the infrastructure of buses. And how big of an issue do you think this is for everyone in society, like getting on board with the leaders to make change? Uh, it's, it's critical. We're at a point where if we don't do something now, uh, in 10 years' time, it could be too late. Could you tell us who you are and a bit about why you're here today, please? Uh, so I'm uh, Alan Anthony. I'm a member of the Green Party in Leeds, and we're here... I suppose we're, we, we would like to think we are one of the, the main political parties whose main focus is in environmental issues and stopping climate change. Uh, and we know it's going to rain this afternoon, which is a sign of climate change, so we want to try and make it uh, better for everyone. Um, what do you think about the current policies that are being formed at COP26? Do you think they're effective? Like a lot of these things, I think they, they mean well, but they're too little and far too late and you know it, I think people still see things as business as usual and individually people don't have to change and particularly for the younger generation you know for the you know you can see from this meeting that the vast number of people are my age or older and we need to we need to we've done the damage we need to change things but we want the young people to live in a planet that's and, and enjoy the benefits that we've had as well. Do you think um, organisations like Insulate Britain and Extinction Rebellion are making a difference in you know, changing people's opinions and getting government attention? I think yeah, whether they change people's opinions, but they certainly keep people's attention. And so you need, you need that, that part of the campaign to keep people engaged. Because a, a lot of people are interested in single issue things and they have their issue. But you know, fortunately, we live in a parliamentary democracy, so we also need the political parties who know how to use those levers to actually get that change and to get it to be long term. So do you think if the Green Party were in a leadership position, we would be in a better position 
to combat climate change? I, I, I would think so. And I think if you look around Europe, if you look at those, you know, I think at the last council election in Leeds, the Greens overall, the whole city came third with 10%. So things are changing in this country slowly. But if you look at those countries where the Greens, you know, in Germany, it's the balance of power they may have. So, and you know, they've got many more environmental policies that are really embedded in, in people's lives than we have. So, yes, absolutely. I think, I mean, other parties also have good green ideas as well, but you know, they tend to have other directions they want to go in, whereas the Greens were focused on this. Brilliant. Thank you very much for talking to us today. Our Future Leads and Climate Action Leads are two amazing organisations you can get involved in, which is taking this system change agenda seriously. I mean, what would it mean in Leeds? It would mean stopping, uh, stopping the expansion of Leeds Bradford Airport. It would say mothballing the extension of um, East Leeds Orbital. It would say no to the Otley, East, of, uh, East of Otley development. It would mean rent controls, right, and debt cancellations for those most marginalised in our city. And it would mean filling in the A58 in the Ring Road and making um, a biodiversity corridor. It would mean free buses every single day like Tracy Braving did for just one day. It means a whole bunch of exciting things that we can do right here right now so if you want to build a, comp a truly nature friendly zero carbon socially just leads come and join us at our future leads and climate action leads and help us build this movement we've got a decade of transformation to turn this city around and we it's all hands on deck thank you could you tell me who you are what organization you're with what you're here today to do Hi, yeah um well, we're leeds marxist society we're affiliated with the marxist student federation and socialist appeal and uh, we're here to protest this rotten system and uh, you know because ultimately it's the capitalist system that is causing the climate crisis and only a recognition of that is going to really give us any ability to deal with it so we believe that you have to overthrow the capitalist system in order to really make any meaningful change on the climate question do you think that protesting today is going to make a significant difference in any way? I think that it's important to come out on the streets, protest what you believe in and uh, really bring awareness to the cause. I think ultimately a lot needs to be done and it, uh, it won't just be through protesting but it will be through uh, system-wide change and that can only be done by uh, building a, a strong revolutionary force in society and that's what we aim to do. What do you think about COP26? Do you think that the policy is being you know, prepared there are doing enough for this cause? Absolutely not. I think that the capitalist governments are absolutely liars. I think that they're hypocrites of the highest degree. They've all jetted over to COP26 in their private jets. I don't think we can trust them at all to deal with the climate crisis. I think only the working class, when, when we bring the power into the workers' hands, I think only then will we actually be able to deal with the climate crisis. I mean, um, there's been plenty of examples of it throughout history. I mean, look up the Lucas plan, for example. Workers, when given control over their own uh, factories, their own resources, they know how to deal with the climate crisis. And I think we should just trust them to do it. And I think we need to overthrow the capitalist government and install a workers' government. Thank you very much. That was very interesting talking to you. Who are you and what are you here to do today? Uh, so, uh, my name is Marcus. I'm here with uh, the Green Party in Leeds, but also as a member of Leeds Young Greens. So, we try and sort of uh, get, get young members uh, in Leeds together. That's uh, students and, and all members aged under 30 um, involved with the Green Party and campaigning and that sort of stuff. Um, so, it's part of your initiative to get young people more involved in climate change and climate action? Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, we hope we try and um, get students from the universities setting up societies and that sort of thing. But also, you know, young people uh, outside of education involved with climate campaigning and also social issues as well. What are you hoping to achieve by protesting here today? 
Uh, so it's just sort of to raise awareness about what's going on, which is happening a lot more anyway, especially this, this COP seems very different from the others. You know, there's a lot more media attention. Uh, we're also here to, you know, try and try and get the message across that the Green Party is really the only uh, mainstream political party that has the answers to the problems that we uh, that we're facing, uh, and we're seeing that in you know in, increased uh, po better polling results and better election results uh, year on year. You said you go into primary schools to teach about um, was it climate climate change and energy renewal. Um, could you tell us a bit about that please? Yeah, yeah. my name's Sue Abbott, I work for Energy Heroes. We go into primary schools and deliver a completely free to schools programme which is designed to not give teachers extra workload, so it's a win-win. Um, first of all we do a, a, an assembly to the whole school or a key stage um, and then which is all sort of finding out what they know about climate change and, and giving them a bit more information. And then we do a, work, a maths workshop with the Year 5s where we look at government data presented in pie charts which um, describes energy usage in the UK over the last 40 years. We then um, give them lots of home challenges, um, we give them this, they do a, an energy audit around the school and we give them the skills and the tools to um, save energy both at home and at school. Do you think climate change and energy renewal should be part of the curriculum? Do you think the government should make changes to that to make students aware of what's going on in the world? I think that would be a really good idea. And overall, do you think the government is doing enough for climate change during COP26? Well, uh, clearly, as, as was mentioned in the speech earlier, this is COP26. It's been done 25 times already. Not enough is happening. Um, and my fear is that the promises that are being made won't be kept because historically that's what's happened. Hi, so um, where are you marching to? So we're going to be marching around the city centre to raise awareness for the COP26 uh, climate summit that's going on in Glasgow at the minute. We're hoping that we can sort of introduce people of Leeds to what's going on, get them involved. Do you think Leeds City Council are doing enough? Leeds City Council declared a climate emergency about two years ago now. They're still supporting the expansion of the airport. They're still supporting um, sort of a lack of public transport and there's definitely a lot that Leeds could be doing. What is your opinion on the way the leaders are conducting themselves at COM26 at the moment? They are acting all high and mighty. They feel like they're doing enough for the planet and they're sort of announcing that they've had great success when this is just not the case. They're not listening to the concerns of the science, to the concerns of the people, and that's a real problem. What do you think can really be done from this point onwards at a global scale for, for everyone to get involved in, really? What do you think we can do? We're at breaking point now, this is a climate emergency and because the government and the leaders are failing us, it is left to the people to do something about it. We as individuals can sort of push for systems change and that's what we're kind of advocating for today. So those are a few interviews that I gathered on my walk to the climate protest last week and now we're just going to have a bit of a chat about all the policies that were formed on the last day at COP26 and overall like was it a success? So Izzy, what are we thinking? On the last day, they finally came to a, a deal. It was quite a last minute thing. Right up to the last hour, they were revising it. So some of the key things they've agreed is that for the first time ever at a COP conference, there's an explicit plan to reduce the use of coal. Quite controversially, the wording was reduced, was changed from phase out coal to then phase down coal. Emissions, countries are going to pledge to further cut emissions um, and try and keep temperature within the 1.5 degrees target, which some scientists have said 
you know, if we carry on the way we are, we're going to rise right to 2.4 degrees. In terms of developing countries, there's an agreement to significantly increase money to help the poorer countries cope with the effects of climate change. Obviously, they feel it a lot more sort of in the global south. In terms of fossil fuels, world leaders have agreed to phase out subsidies that artificially lower the price of coal, oil or natural gas, but there's no firm dates for this. There's been further agreements about deforestation. 100 countries have agreed to uh, stop deforestation by 2030 and US and China have pledged to cooperate more as the two biggest CO2 emitters in the world and also in terms of methane emissions there's a scheme to cut out 30% by 2030. So there's been a lot of agreements but also quite a lot of criticism that it's not enough. What do you guys think about what's been agreed? I think for me it's quite difficult because there's clearly been a lot of progress made and that's such a good thing but not enough progress and not quickly enough. And so, to be honest, it's kind of as I expected. It's not been an overwhelming success. It's not been an overwhelming failure. Crucially, and I can't remember if you mentioned this, but instead of meeting every five years with a major COP as they have been, the UN are now going to have a COP every single year. So maybe that progress, which has taken five years, is now going to take much less time. So it's another step in the right direction, isn't it? But not an end point. No, definitely. I mean, that is good, obviously, that they're meeting every year now. But like we were saying, it's kind of what we expect the outcome to be, like no significant change. I think we've made small changes, but there's no collective agreement really is there to, you know, make definitive change. And I just find it a bit disheartening, really, that we kind of didn't expect a really brilliant outcome. Yeah. It kind of, I think, yeah, it does. And like, just kind of the attitudes of our world leaders, how they've been like shown in the news and everything. And obviously these articles, a lot of criticism. It just, it it isn't very promising. I would like to say that that it is. And hopefully if we are meeting every year now, hopefully some real change can be made. But for now, yeah, we've been we've been left with this um, decision. On the other hand, though, a lot of like the green activists and people like that really haven't covered themselves in glory because they've been kind of outside the cop disrupting and just getting in everyone's way. And first of all, painting Britain in a really bad light, but also just disrupting the process in a way which isn't helping. So I feel like, yes, the government's obviously obviously need to step up and do more, but it is not just them. We all need to kind of take a bit of responsibility because ultimately if it got to the point where people believe in climate change everyone is taking active action to prevent climate change the government would be forced to you know make changes because they'd lose the elections otherwise and ultimately like politics is what's going to change this I think. Yeah, I think it was um, quite revealing that a lot of these agreements are just agreements. Very few of them are actually legally blinding. So much as, you know, they can make a pledge and sign an agreement, there's nothing in law that's going to make them stick to it, which I think is another area that needs to be looked into further. But I mean, it's, it's such a split because obviously certain world leaders evidently don't care enough and aren't doing enough. I thought it was quite, you know, there was quite a moment when right at the end of the conference... Alex Sharma, who was the president of COP26, sort of came close to tears. And you could tell that this was something he does obviously care about and he is trying to do his best. You know, at least that was a moment of, okay, well, they are taking this seriously. I mean, I think it probably didn't help. He hasn't slept in about two weeks, but he he did seem very emotional. Tensions were high as well with the the climate protest. Tensions are high because it's such an important issue. It's such a political and emotional issue. And I think it shows how much people really care about it. Yeah. 
And then, again, like, I think in this country, what Tom was just saying, this, the political agendas of the party are so focused with power and who's going to be in control, who's in government. This isn't an issue that can be fought through party politics. It's a collective issue. And like you were saying, the Green Party, not working with the other parties, it is a collective issue. And you can't fight something as big as this through one political party. It is going to be a collective effort from all the political parties and everyone on a global scale. Definitely. And I think people are beginning to realise that, to be fair. Definitely much more than they have done. And I think we probably will see that, which is a good thing. The other thing I wanted to talk about briefly, I don't know if you saw it, but you mentioned Alok Sharma and like basically crying in front of everyone. Did you see the negotiations that were going on? So literally in the last hour, the whole coal thing from going from phase out to phase down was because of India and China objecting publicly at the last minute. And you can literally see them negotiating in public on camera. They literally on the news channels, I think Mm. you could watch them having this out person to person is that just proves how difficult this issue is how it literally is like fighting a battle not just with the climate but with each other yeah i think it is so it's become such a personal thing and i think every country is fighting for their own interests almost as much if not more than they are fighting for the overall climate and to protect our climate a lot of countries do seem to just want to protect their interests and make sure they can continue being an economic superpower maybe care slightly less about the actual policies they want to do and I think countries need to be willing to make these sacrifices it is going to be sacrifices you aren't going to be able to use coal and all these things that bring in money for those countries and it has to come with it and I feel like it's sad to say but it might actually take something dramatic to happen with the climate that affects their interests to make them aware of it with the coal thing at one point obviously our natural resources are going to run out at some Mm -hmm. point and although yeah we've gone from phase out to phase down something even more dramatic could happen with our climate that affects these interests and affects Mm -hmm. countries agendas it takes something to happen for people to take notice and just just because it's not happened yet doesn't it's not gonna happen scientists have said it's gonna happen at some point I think it was the president of Tuvalu I think one of the developing island nations literally sent a message to cop he was stood in water where that was dry ground because of rising sea levels it was now underwater and he said look we don't have time and i think that's a fair point governments have let people down but the private sector has actually stepped up a bit here which is good because to be honest they cause most of the pollution but it's on those those kind of smaller countries i think it was 100 million was promised or 100 billion was promised to smaller nations to help with climate change and combating it. But basically, I don't think they really came to an agreement on that. It was a bit of a fudge, whereas the private sector has stepped up and given a lot of money towards that. But you're talking about a big event happening. I think, to be honest, they already are happening. It's just, it's going to have to happen in the USA, it's going to have to happen in the UK, yeah. it's going to happen in yeah. Europe, or in China, but, or India, before anybody believes it. Bit of a disappointing one then, <laughs> overall. But, I mean, at least it was a movement towards something and at least people are talking about climate change more. Yeah, and hopefully this is going to get the ball rolling a bit more. This is, like, the most publicity a cop has had. You know, we've seen it all over the news. So hopefully we keep talking about it, we keep the conversation going and we keep making changes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So much potential. Uh, Thank you for listening to the latest. We'll be back again very soon. So please subscribe.